Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night, Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle. Coach, yes, all right. First touchdown of the year. Bobby Hurricanes, yeah, you know the name. Already, it's Mercy. Ha ha. It's the Six Red Kane Show. Can't forget the name, though. Got Jazz Blue Vision DJ break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. We'll pull alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange and green. We see the Six Red Champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of hurricane, that's never still put a damage in What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go, Canes. What's going on? What's up, Jazz? On the road again. On the road again. <laughs> no the talking Canes. about... The we'll Canes aren't on the road, though, so that's good. That's good, yeah. No Taco Bell for you today. Maybe Chick-fil-A a little bit later. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Nope, no, definitely not Popeye's, that's for sure. Oh, come on, man. It's a better sandwich. No chance. Not even. We're not getting into it, but it's... Yeah, no, we have more important things to talk about. Yes, sir. Hey, um, so obviously, as a lot of us found out, the, um, the Canes will be hosting again this year. Yep. Uh, regional uh, starting on Friday. So I uh, well, just wasn't sure if uh, 
if we were going to get in as a, as a national seed, as a, as a top eight. We, we almost did. We just missed it. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised to see Virginia at the seventh slot as opposed to eight, so, but I can see why. So we actually, well, we actually talked about this in, in our kind of DM chat. I, a lot of the projections, I think we were clearly the next team in and right. if we beat Clemson yesterday, it would have been kind of interesting. Um, but all of those projections, because Virginia and Virginia was clearly the last team out. Like I don't think there was any chance, and we'll talk about this in a minute. We're we're lined up with Stanford. That Stanford was not going to be a national seed. They were not going to not have anything on the West Coast. Like that was happening. <laughs> so either way, which is weird gonna... if you look at the map, right? It's like it's everything's all... on the East Coast. Yeah. No Texas, not even Texas. First time in ten years. And yeah. then speaking of Texas, they're actually in, in our bracket. In our, but in um, our bracket, yeah. yeah. And yeah, but it was it Stanford. was so Stanford was kind of locked in. I think they moved those around a little bit because um, I do think Stanford has a better resume than UVA anyway. But right. I think they they moved it away because all those projections we saw had us as the nine because we were clearly the next team out, and Virginia was clearly the last team in to the national seats. So They're like, oh, eight versus nine. But we were talking about this. I don't think they were going to match up two ACC schools like that. Right, and I think that's why Virginia got bumped up to the seven. But I do think it was between us and Virginia, and you know, it's 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 fair play to to um to to Virginia. They swept us. They won the coastal. I think they frankly, it would have been hard for me to make a compelling argument that we should have gotten it instead of them. I think had we won yesterday, it would also have um made a bit a hard argument to say that we weren't one of the eight best teams. So right. it's kind of like, but it was, you know, we ended up ninth. Um, just to answer Al's question real quick, we're going to get into this in a minute, but we would then host. Um, so if Stanford does we not. We would host, correct. correct. Host, yep. Which we, we, we would be the only team to go, well, not necessarily, but we'd, we'd be one of the only ones. Oh, yeah, a little salsa dancing action there. Uh, we'd probably be one of the yeah, only ones. They used to play that before our baseball. Sports. It's a baseball clip, actually. Uh, uh, they used to play that before our, uh, our, our baseball games. Um, That's funny. So mega, um, so yeah, there you go, little little tie-in. Look, I, I'll tell you what though, like I, you know, we all we always talk about how how important it really, how how important is it really for some, you know, the top four or five teams in the ACC to to do well in the tournament. I mean, if it's if it's going to make or break whether they get a national seed or not, yeah, it might be important for them to win a few games and even get to a championship game or win it or something like that, but. For for Miami, let's say I think that, you know, the ACC is the ACC championship game wasn't a huge deal. I think that yeah, had they not won and gone to the final, uh, you know, to the championship in the ACC, they may have been a ten seed instead. So you know, it, it would have changed things around probably for the eight for the top eight as well. So you got to take all that into consideration. But the the truth is that I think we were kind of slotted right right where we were you know going to be anyways um sans not winning the acc right had we won the acc championship then that might have changed it a little bit but it still would have been uh, tough i think once once it became like a zero-sum game between us and virginia which is what it felt like yeah again they swept us they won the division we're in it's really hard to say well we played better in the acc tournament therefore all of that goes away because the regular season means a little bit more believe it or not than the championship does you know so than the uh conference championship so not a big deal there. And that's so one I'm of the kind of the ironies, uh, Jazz, to your point, in terms of, like, the top teams doing well. Like, it – they won't ever admit this, but they 100% are not going to have all of the hosts, like, be ACC and SEC teams. Seven of the eight are, 
but like they weren't going to make like all eight national seeds, which is why Stanford was basically lost. And although again, Stanford's resume is stronger. So you are in a way competing against like, it's stupid, right? Because Virginia being better actually makes our resume better. But if they were worse, it would actually be better for us, even though that series itself is this. So it's just like, you end up like doing math on like conference pecking order and all this stuff, which in theory, stronger conference should benefit you. If it's too strong, you know, your resume good enough to be a national seed, which I was probably right. because and, they're not going to do it this year with, with the RD3 ACC national seed. And by the way, I'm not taking anything away from the SEC, right? They, they It is a good conference, but I think that there's obviously still a little bit of national bias uh, with, the, with the SEC having, you know, eight different hosts uh, out of the 16 teams that are hosting a regional. Having eight teams, I think, is – it's tough because you still look at some of the ACC schools that had a really good season, like your Boston College. Uh, you can even throw in Duke if you wanted to there. Uh, you can throw in some of these other schools in, in the ACC that had some really, really strong resumes that could have gotten in and hosted a regional as well. I mean, for crying out loud, you had Alabama. At that point, I, you know, hosting this, you know, as a 16th seed. It, uh, to me, that was kind of just like a throw in, like, well, hey, who the hell else are we going to pick? Ah, let's throw in Alabama. They're an SEC school. Like, that's how I feel sometimes about how they do these things because you're talking about a field that is – it looks crazy on the on the map. Not even – not this map, but if you look at the – I don't know if you have the other map um, that they pulled up yesterday and today of where all the hosting is going to be done. And everything is in, in, you know, the southeast for the most part, right? You've got the southeast and then you've got – Stanford on the West Coast, not even Texas, who we mentioned. Yeah, there's they haven't had one in ten years. I mean, this yeah, is the first time in ten years. Yeah, there's a host site in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and then one in Fayetteville, Arkansas, which are like the West, other than Stanford. Right. Everything yeah. else is like. South and then I think there's one in much. Indiana as well, because Indiana State got a host. So, gotcha. You know, it is. It is kind of weird. Yeah, it is kind of weird. And then it was pretty surprising that, and we can look at our, our draw right now, it's kind of surprising that we did not get an SEC school. Because to your point, um, with the with them dominating the hosting, um, and we are right here. I'm seeing that. Oops, that made small. Let's go bigger. Uh, right here, this is us. So Miami, Maine, right. Louisiana, Texas. They can't, they won't send an SEC school to another SEC host. So to your point, they had half of them. So the other half then become candidates to take the rest of the SEC schools, but That's weird. yeah, we 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 avoided. I think there was a couple. You know, I was certainly a little bit worried about hitting someone like Tennessee, which feels like they kind of underachieved a little bit this year, but are really talented. You know, not dissimilar to to Ole Miss last year. So right. I mean, Texas is is good. Louisiana is also really good. So it's not an easy draw, but no, it's, it's 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 a decent draw. I mean, Maine. I know we played them last year in the regular season. Yeah, and regular handled season them pretty easily. We did, we did. And so, obviously, that's the whole point of getting the hosting, right? You start off with the four seed, which typically you're, you're you know, you're less, you know, the, the least talented of them all. Uh, but it's still a strong draw. I mean, Texas, again, yeah, they, they had to turn over their whole lineup, basically. Uh, and they started off slow, and they kind of figured it out towards the end, and they're, they're playing good baseball right now. And and I don't know a lot about Louisiana, and we'll probably get into them more maybe during the week. But um, another tough team in you know in a mid-major conference that could come out and compete again. You know, you know how I feel about baseball. 
as a whole. You know, anybody, you know, there's a lot of talented players out there in schools that aren't Power Five schools or even Division One schools. So, uh, any of these teams could kind of kind of get hot and and win. And that's that's the name of the game when it comes to baseball, especially in the playoffs. You see it all the time. Look at Ole Miss last year went one went one went from number one team in the country in the preseason, right, or starting off the season basically, ended up out of the top twenty five. And the last team to come to get back into the to the tournament, and then ended up winning it all. So, and they were technically their number nine, the number nine seeded, or the number nine ranked team in the in the SEC last year when they started tournament play. So, um, it, it, anything could happen. That's why I, I I feel really good, and I know we'll get into the teams in the bracket now. But that's why I feel really good about this Miami team right now. They're kind of uh, they're playing good baseball at the right time, and I know we give them a hard time. Of issue and I about you know oh what left on you know how many runners do they need to have left on base? Look at this pitch. Look at this. Look at that. Look at and we give them a hard time. But at the end of the day, they're playing pretty good baseball right now, and and some of the pitching is starting to step up. Carson Ligon is back in the fold, um, along with obviously you know uh, the other two people. Looks like he's uh he's Man, you know he figuring it out somehow. He so. pitched a jam against Wake Forest. I mean that that performance against Wake Forest was one of our strongest yes. of the year, just overall. I've been dying to talk to Gino about that. I want to ask Gino that question about Ligon and, and, and Rosario and see what, what he's got planned for them in the tournament because if they can – if Ligon can stay healthy and Rosario can stay hot, because uh, I think his last couple outings have been pretty good, then you, you've got yourself a pretty good – now you've got yourself a pretty good staff, right? Like Yeah, and, and, and if you recall, actually it was the game we were at where Rosario got up to a little bit of a shaky start against Duke, That's gave right. up two in the first, then settled in. Um and was doing fine, and then actually got hit by a by a comeback or got knocked out of the game as he as he closed out the third inning. Otherwise, he would have probably gone deeper into that game only allowing two runs. So, yep. there you know, there's yeah, he's he's pitching well. Um, and yeah, so so I guess we can talk about this a little bit. We do again. We're gonna do another show later in the week where we kind of yes. dove more into these teams, so we know a little bit more about Texas, Louisiana, and Maine. But I mean, they can't. I, I think. I don't think there's any way Zeal goes on Friday, right? So it's kind of like who's no, the... against Maine. You're probably gonna throw like well, Dio this is the question, right now. Like that, right? Well, this is the maybe question. even Ligon. Maybe throw Ligon a couple so, of times, right? Oh, let me answer some his question in the chat. T- yeah. In the, oh, in, yeah, the yeah. in the chat. I can't see uh, the chat, so yeah. Sorry, yeah. When will the day? So we do know we do know the schedule for Friday. It is um, Texas is playing uh, Louisiana at 2 p.m. on Longhorn Network. Um, and then Miami is playing Maine at 7 p.m. on uh, ESPN Plus. Um, or this is correct. Tickets game. are on sale tomorrow at 9 a.m. Yeah, I'm not sure what they do with Game Two if it's UT involved with Miami. It would be ridiculous to put that on Longhorn Network. But right. Well, um, how, how does that work after that? Is it Miami? The winner of the first game plays the winner of the second game, or the yes, loser? yes, it's the winners. So you essentially right. you go into the winner bracket and the loser bracket. And so the gotcha. losers will actually play first game on Saturday. It should be two and seven again. They generally gotcha. use the same timings. So whoever loses that game is out, and whoever wins it gets to Sunday. And then you have the winners bracket game on Saturday night. Winner of that, then you know it, both those teams are still alive on Sunday. But right. then the the loser of the Saturday night game plays the winner of the Saturday. They just got to play game. more games. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's that that's an elimination game then, and then whoever wins that. That has to beat the other team twice, and that's why the winning the first two is the big thing. It's not just winning. Winning the first one doesn't buy you crap if you just turn. In fact, you're probably in worse shape if you 
if you uh, win the first win game and then lose the second one. versus yeah. the other way around because um, you will have played more recently because you would have played the night game on Saturday and have to turn around and play an early game on Sunday. Right. The other team had like kind of the whole 24-hour cycle. So, um, but yeah, if you win the first two, that's when you take a massive step forward. And, and you know, last year, unfortunately for the Canes, they, they didn't do that and didn't do that barely. I think, you know, there's been a lot of the Canes failed talk from last year. And it was, it was two one-run games and it was – it was a uh, washed out weekend where they crammed a bunch of games into a short period of time. And, and the Canes showed up on, um, on, on, on Sunday. Cause the well, Friday got washed out so right. they showed up on Sunday in the winner's bracket game. So what would be the Saturday night game this year? Lost that had to turn around immediately and play again, like 45 minutes later and lost again. And it was season over two one run games. That's how quickly it turned. That's rough. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's that not having that work. First of all, I don't, I don't think, just to be blunt, this team does not have the pitching to really play out of a loser's bracket. Yeah. Um, so that'll be rough if they don't win the first two games. But last year, like, it was just so quickly. It just went. <laughs> you, you start the day in the winner's bracket season over by the end of the day, which is not how this tournament is designed, but because of rain, they played a triple header. Well, let's talk about that pitching because, uh, you know. Yeah, so I want to get your take. So we were talking a little bit about that, right? So I, I, you said, uh, you know, maybe Ligon. So do you think he can go deep into a game though? Because I hate to start someone on that Friday game where I know I'm going to have to use a lot of the bullpen. Well, how many how many innings did he go on on uh, Saturday or Sunday? Whenever it was. wasn't it like two and change? I think, it was I think. Like two and a third or something. Like yeah, that, right? and then and then Pipo came in and ate the innings. I think you got to see how he progresses when he throws his bullpens this week. You know, you got to see how he looks, if uh, he looks strong. I, I still think he's going to have him on a pitch count, of course. It, it just a, just depends on how, you know, how, how high his pitch count is. Uh, because I'm sure there was some sort of pitch count, right? He might have been on like 45, 50 pitches or something like that. So maybe they bump it up to 65, 70 pitches, you know? And now you're talking about he could potentially go four or five innings on a pitch count like that. So, yeah, you know, I, that's the problem, though, right? It's also a problem because if he is pitching really well, now you just threw potentially your best arm against Maine, right? So it's it's a it's a difficult situation, but a good situation and a good a good issue, you know, a good problem to have because now if you get back Ligon, who potentially was your ace on this staff, right, moving right. forward, uh, then you've got yourself a little bit of a deeper. A pitching situation where you don't have to go to guys too early. That a guy like Torres, right? And, and of course, I kind of felt bad for him in that in that in that Clemson game. But at the same time, like he's been throwing a lot, man. And yeah, no, and, and, a little bit of rest. And I think that's why know? Gino pulled him because I mean, look, let's be real. There are arms that we use to just like essentially wave the white flag. And, sure, and, absolutely. You know, and that's what we ended up doing. Then I think Gino's like, I'm not. Once that that they hit that home run, it was seven to five. I was like, I'm not using this kid's arm anymore in this game. Right. The problem that I see with going with a guy like Guile, and it's not because of Guile's been struggling, because he's actually been pitching really well, so is the fact that you haven't seen Guile go more than three or four innings. So now you're talking about the first game potentially being a Johnny Holstaff situation, right, where you're throwing three or four guys, and now you've used up some of your bullpen. Yeah, it's a tough So one. the next day, the next day if you get in trouble, if Gage gets in – God forbid Gage gets in trouble early, now you got to go to your bullpen again, and, you know, who do you use out of the pen in the long well, release? So – it's a difficult situation. So let me ask you another question on that because um, 
you know, last week people came out of the, the pen and did awesome. Shut shut oh. out Wake Forest for several innings. It's yeah. like crazy. But I mean, I look, we haven't scouted Maine yet, so I'll need to know a little bit more, but I feel like we, we, we talk a lot about wow, he throws high nineties, but they're able to hit it. Is Maine gonna be able to hit? I mean, is his spin rate really gonna be in the like that's the, true. And, that and could be in, a situation where you go to people in the first game. Yeah. He's, he's an innings eater too, so like I feel like yeah. he could complete game that pretty easily because he'll go over a hundred pitches without issue. Yeah. Like he's got a rubber by, arm. And, by the way, Gaio's ninety four to ninety six as yeah. well. So that's another guy who throws. Yeah, hard. but so Gaio. Like, to I, your I point, I think you kind of convinced me on Gaio because I was thinking Gaio initially. But your point yeah. like resonated with me about like he's not going to go like seven or eight innings. He's going to go two or three. And then you're into the pen, which is what you want to kind of avoid. So maybe maybe Rosario's the guy there where you're just like, you know, he's going to throw hard. They're going to have trouble catching up with it. Even if they hit him for a few long shots, that's his problem, right? You get when, they, when you connect, it goes because he's throwing so hard. Um, sure. You know, we should be able to score enough to handle that. And he can eat a ton of innings for us and, and kind of then set us up to have Zeal go Saturday and then maybe Ligon on Sunday, you know, winner's bracket game, right? And, that's and the truth cool. is, the truth is, let's say – let's say Rosario can go six or seven or, or even eight. He's still going to be throwing just as hard in those later mm-hmm. innings. I hate to say it, but people, I feel like he's the kind of guy that maybe on the Sunday, if you really need him on a Sunday night game, he can come in and get you one inning where he just goes right after guys. And, you know. Yeah, or if not that, kind of if, stop it, if you end up in a situation, so what would happen is, let's say the Canes win the first two games, then lose the Sunday game because the other team has to beat them right. twice. You come back Monday right. and play that. So, there like, definitely, like, he's a guy who can recover in in, four, in three days and give you an inning if you need to. Where Ligon, right. there's no way. Like, if he goes once, no, that's, right it. that's it. Yeah, that's so it. there's no that's way you're doing see. that. So that's another consideration. If you throw Rosario on, on Friday, he does have that, again, that that strong arm where he's able to throw a lot of pitches and, and seem to bounce back where – Yeah, maybe he is available Monday, even if he throws like 100 pitches on Friday. You know, support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Like you said, just for like an, an out or an inning or something, not not for like, he's not going to go like another 100. Yeah, he's not going to go another three yeah, innings or anything yeah, like but, that. Yeah. You know, he can maybe get you a couple outs there that you, that you might need, so... Right. Yeah, so that's a consideration as well. And also, you know, if you can get get him to go on Friday and win that game without burning through a lot of the bullpen, again, you set up for Zeal on 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 Saturday, Ligon on Sunday, and then if you somehow need to win a game on Monday, you know, you still got you haven't thrown Gaio yet, and that's where you can kind of whole staff the thing a little bit at that point. Right. Now, this is again all predicated on winning the first two games. If they don't, then it's like you, you get into the chestnuts. Then all bets are off. Yeah. I'll well, then you're going to start chestnut in one of these games. I don't think we really want to do that. So, no. um, so I mean, I think I think if you talk about the arm, ideally we can get through the weekend pitching. You know, the Pipo, Gallo, Ligon, Zeal, Torres, Lecarica, Rafe, and Walters. That's those are the arms you want to use, and then maybe a little bit of um, maybe you a know, Cinta. Cinta. If there's a situation there where you can go to a, where you need to go to a lefty that's not Rafe, yeah, I, I think that's probably it. Because Chestnut tends to come in out of the pen when we're in trouble. <laughs> like we got to pull the starter in the second or third inning for yeah. performance. So if you if we're going to him, it's usually a bad sign. Um, right. So yeah, I think that's ideally what you do. But if you go into the losers bracket, then you're gonna have to start Chestnut in the game. You're gonna have to find pitching from somewhere. So yep. that that is. That. But again, we'll have more I think later in the week on that in terms of just we will, yeah. what the opponent and is. Honestly, yeah, go ahead. right. We're we're not gonna get into the opponents too much today because I mean we don't. We don't know a lot about them just yet, but um, I'm sure we'll get into that on Wednesday without a problem. What's up, Ross? I know. Look, a couple more minutes to go here. I wanted to, this is what I wanted to talk to you about, Vish. I wanted to kind of ask you this question because I'm, I'm, I'm not worried. I actually like what's going on in the lineup, but, but the only part that really concerns me, believe it or not, is what do you do in that two hole, right? Like, you had a couple of days where Viegas was swinging the bat okay. In the last couple of games, man, he went 0 for 5 with five strikeouts last night yeah. against Clemson. And he looked bad doing it, right? Um, mm-hmm. And to be quite honest with you, a lot of our hitters look bad when they strike out. If, I feel like they, they kind of go up there without a plan. When they go up there with a plan, they score 25 runs. When they go up there and they look clueless, they look like, like, uh, like a peewee team, you know, they, they look bad at the plate. And so – my question to you is, are you comfortable with the lineup, how he has it now with Renzo DHing uh, and Viegas in the two-hole, or do you want to see a mix-up there where maybe you bump up Renzo, right, and now you can you can plug in somebody else in left field, maybe you give Dario a chance again. What do you think there? Also, I hate to say this, but Dorian Gonzalez is starting to swing the bat really nicely as well. He's hitting the ball hard to places. He's getting on base. If not, he's, he's figuring out a way. And he's kind of coming around a little bit with the bat also. So now, for depth purposes, Dorian Gonzalez is great, not only defensively, but you saw him come in and, and you know, hit a couple line drives. And he's, he's looking like he's, he's kind of getting his swing back a little bit also. So I'm happy to see that. But are you, are you okay with the lineup the way you have it now? Kind of play the hot hand? What do you think? I'm generally okay with it. I agree with you. The question mark is Vegas. Um, 
Perez also had an atrocious week. Um, yeah, over yeah, I think guy. sixteen or seventeen with ten strikeouts. But I mean, he's by yeah. far the best catcher. There's not really a question there, and he, he'll be fine. He's very resilient, so I'm not really worried about him. But to your point, the reason Viegas gets focus is one, he's he's not been good defensively too. So it's kind of like he's in the lineup for his bat. I mean, frankly, that game went sideways because he didn't catch a fly ball. Um, yeah. So. Now, it wasn't an easy play, and it's raining, and I get all that. So it's one that, you know, you expect 60-40 to make, and you needed it to be the 60 that time. Um, it's not like an easy play. But if we had a – and I don't know that we have another fielder that we can pull in there that's that much better at this point. It's definitely not Carrier or Farrow or someone. But um, uh, Dario's probably the best one. Yeah, yeah, he could, but then he also struggled a lot at the plate. I, I could definitely see Dario as an option there. Um the other thing you can think about, Renzo has played left field. You can put him in there and use yep. that DH spot for someone else. Um, or if you want to, you know, using one of your ideas you kind of reference, if, if you want to move Dorian back to second, DH Sear, and then put Renzo on left field, I think that might make some sense as well. Um, there are options there, especially if you want to keep a left-handed bat in the lineup. That's Dorian at this point. Um, but if they're okay going righty, I mean, it's kind of weird that, like, Farrow and – you know, it started almost the entire yeah. year. Just disappeared. Did not play at all this week. It just completely disappeared. I. And then they went to Carrier as opposed to Farrell, which I think Farrell's a more, you know, he's a veteran guy, so his bat. Yeah, that was I, I that was interesting. Was yeah, just, I think over weird. the last couple of weeks we've had you know significant playing time at a uh, Jason Torres, Farrell, Carrier, and then none of them. I mean, at, at this point. You asked the question, "What if we should change it?" I would be okay with getting Vegas out of there and maybe putting Faro for better defense, or you know, when we talked about putting Dorian in and 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 DHing Sear and then moving Renzo to left field. Right. But Gino seems pretty settled on the. I mean, he kind of went with this in every single game in, in the ACC tournament. I think this is his his lineup. I'm just pretty surprised because even we saw like Gabby Gutierrez coming in pitch instead of Faro. Yeah, it was kind of. I was kind of surprised kind of at how how they went from like starting everyday player to just dropping off the face of the earth, like not even really, you know, they got Ariel yeah, Garcia yeah. over there. Um, what would you What would you do? Would you Would you leave Vegas out there? What, what, how you I, I like your I like your idea, uh, just because of the way that he's been swinging the bat is you know is is the whole idea of having Sear DHing again and then Dorian Gonzalez out there at second base. I I like what Renzo brings to the table. <clears throat> Excuse me, what he brings to the table just you know his 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 grit, his hustle. Uh he fights at the plate, you know, he he gets on base. Uh he finds a way to get things done and he's not a bad he's not a bad fielder, right? You don't yeah. think, typically think of him as your best fielder, but he's going to go out there, he's going to do okay in left field. I don't think he's going to do bad there. So now you got an opportunity where your 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 defense is going to be stacked up, um, and, and you still have got Sears bat in there. Who, quite frankly, I think that maybe he does a better job when he DHs than when he's playing the field because he's got to focus on one thing and that's and that's just swinging the bat. Right. So it could be an opportunity. The other one, I, I think, I want to see Aaron Farrell in there again and getting more at bats. Uh, so where does that come funny. from then? Who does he? Yeah, that's that, that's a that's a situation where maybe what you do is, you know, you start off maybe giving Farrell a shot at DH in the first in game one, and if he just goes over or he stinks it up or something like that, then maybe you make the switch and you put Dorian in second base and 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 DHC or so. Uh, but I want to see Farrell again. Look, he's 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 hitting over three hundred, right? He's got what ten home runs, I think nine or ten home runs, or something along those lines. You know, he's a power bat. He can drive in some runs. I know that last year at FGCU was a different story than this year, but 
He came here because he can swing the bat and he can drive in runs and he hits for power. And this is one of the best power hitting teams in the country. Put his bat in there. See if see what he can do. See if he can get a little hot and drive in some runs. He's been out. You know, he's been on the bench for a couple of weeks now. Maybe, you know, and this has been kind of the story with UM, right? With with, with what their lineup is. Some guys don't hit for a, a week or two and then all of a sudden you put them back in the lineup and they look like a different person. It's happening with Dorian a little bit now. You know, it, it, it could fizzle off again. It happened with Lorenzo, right? It happened with Carrier where you saw him come in the lineup and hit four home runs in like two days. And then, you know, he kind of fizzled out. Jason Torres, not so much. He just, you know, he's a young guy. So, I mean, Gino's just going to have to keep keep messing with this lineup a little bit if they if they have a couple holes that they could, you know, potentially fill with some of the guys that are on the bench. But aside from that, yeah, I like the lineup. I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible, but if I had to make a change, maybe the one that you said was putting Renzo in left and, and Dorian at second base. So um I, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think I the only, I think the only position potentially up for for grabs is Viegas's, and so that's really just how to right. shuffle around that. Yeah, exactly. So th- there's a question, we'll and and I know um, I know TBBCBs. I think he also played. If I remember from one of our previous yeah. shows, he's he's very much in the know. I think he's talking about a more let's just call it modern approach to setting your lineup up, which Gino does not adhere to. Like I know why he's saying no. that because you know the the current way you set your lineup is your best hitters in the two hole. Right. Um, Gino's going old school. No, he bats clean up. So I think or third. Where is he? He's at third right now, right? I think. I think. Uh, who? Uh, Yo Yo. Yeah. Yo Yo. Yeah. So, so yeah. The question is, Gino needs to move the lineup around. Put Yo Yo at two, Levinson at three, Sir at four, etc. I think that is that is the modern approach to to baseball would be to do that. It it's just not Gino's. I mean, I, we can debate whether he should. I can't imagine that's happening now. Yeah, that's gonna be. That, he's that definitely be he's definitely old schooling it, where your best hitters are your three and four hitters. Right. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe he might switch it up. I, you know, you've seen Gino make some some interesting moves this year, and I think he's doing a hell of a job, to be honest. With you. So I think that you know, I'm I'm kind of kind of default to him making some. Uh, and he's done a lot of if he has to. Yeah, and he's done a lot of kind of gut feeling switches that seem to have been working. I think they're a very good handle on this team. I think very different from the team from a couple of years ago where, uh, you know, we went to the Gainesville Regional and, like, UF went 0-2 and and we should have easily handled it for there. We lost to USF and stuff. I think this team, he seems to have a really good handle on when he makes these – because Renzo wasn't in the lineup three weeks ago and now he's starting. He's playing well. It feels like Gino just has a good feel for this team. And so, I I mean, I know this is – probably not popular around here. I kind of just trust him to handle this. And just like if he pushes a button, they seem to it's be weird working. to say because last year everyone was like, get rid of him. Now we're like, oh, he's doing a great job. With I, I think I was the only one defending him last year and they gave him a contract yeah. extension because I think look, look, he was going into like the last year of his contract. You can't just have him under no contract. And you also don't fire a coach for getting a national seed and losing two one-run right. games. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. That's just not sure, – so sure. what exactly do you want to do here? But I, I think there's an opportunity here to uh, – he's just – this team just plays what – they play hard. They make a lot of mistakes while they're frustrated. They strike out too much. They make boneheaded running decisions. In the, it's just like – it's and, a lot. And and, ninth seed. <laughs> yeah, and, and the pitching is not where it needs to be. But this team is tough, and they have guts, and they fight. 
and they're never dead. And they won and 40 games doing yeah. that. So can you imagine yeah. they get really hot? I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah no, this team about. has potential. And Gino seems to know which buttons to push, whether it's, you know, bringing Dario Gomez in the suicide squeeze. Like, it's just, it's just, he's, got a, he's got his hand on this team, I think. Yeah. I think he's going to – if he makes a move, I would trust it. If he leaves the lineup as is, I would kind of trust it too at this point. I am curious about the pitching though because we just don't have a lot. Like I thought it was weird that we went to – I know it's Wake Forest, but that we went to Walters on Saturday and then he was not available on Sunday. Like uh, you really need to bring him in with a five-run lead against Wake Forest instead of saving him for you the next You never know, man. You never know. I, I think he was – I think his view was like that Wake Forest win was like a, a scalp. Yeah. Right, and right. you know whatever happens on Sunday happens on Sunday, but yeah, I for people looking at that and saying how we're going to approach this weekend, it's not anything the same because this is regionals. You play it differently; it's a different tournament format. Um, I don't think he brings Walters in a five-run game against Maine, for example. I think no. he's just like, no, you stay. On and by the way, I, I don't think we're going to know the the lineup or who's starting until Friday. I'm yeah, sure. no, that was the case last year as well. Yeah. We we were kind of speculating who might go when. Um, I will say, you know, just to kind of close out here a little bit, Rosario has had two unbelievably strong performances in the postseason in his career. He's pitched in regionals twice and been lights out both times. So maybe he's just – hey, this is his time to shine here. Maybe it is, baby. Maybe it is. Uh, make sure you guys watch us. Uh, we won't have a show tonight uh, because of the heat game. So yeah. no no uh, six rings canes tonight. Uh, we might just um, – I'm gonna do baseball later in the week. We need yeah. a little bit of bit of time to dig into. Yeah, some this of these is opponents. this is a baseball week, but we'll yeah. give you some football updates as well. We'll see what we do with that. But yeah, make sure you keep it locked. Uh, there's yeah, there's, we'll, there's we'll buckets tomorrow. So if you're there's buckets moves, tomorrow. So there's talk, there's talk always buckets. Yes, but we'll, 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 I think Wednesday is what we're targeting to do, like kind of a yeah. big uh, regional preview here. And also, we did pay a little lip service because we are lined up with Stanford. And that, that region is Stanford, San Jose State, Cal State, Fullerton, and Texas A&M. So, yeah, that's a tough one. That's uh, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. And, if again, as mentioned in the chat, we answered it as well. If Stanford does not win that regional and we win ours, we would host Supers. So, Correct. So there's there's opportunity there um, to, to do some damage. Make sure you guys keep a lock and, and check us out on Twitter at, at um, Six Rings Canes. Uh, we'll have some more updates for you on there. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously the show tomorrow buckets, you've got Wednesday, you've got baseball and then we've got some, uh, formula one stuff as well. So, uh, just make sure you keep a lot, check us out and, um, yeah, we'll be out the light this weekend. So, uh, oh, and, and yes, make sure you, you come visit us. We'll be there yeah. this weekend for the regionals on myself and Vish. And, uh, and then you can say happy belated birthday to Vish. And that's oh, it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you, we'll see right, see you guys see. later. Yeah. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. You know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.